of vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! Yes, we are set to do a little time traveling in the newly branded TRN Time Machine podcast. You've got Jason here, and my time traveling partner is Mickey. Mm-hmm. Here with my Alabama brother from a different mother. <laughs> How are things up there in the uh, Virginia Hills? Uh, they're still kicking. That's all that matters, man. That's all that matters. You're here. Gosh, it's been so long. <laughs> but I'm glad you've... Uh, You've uh, persevered, we'll say. I was thinking about it today. It was like the first week of December, maybe, was the last time I was able to be on. It was November, I think. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was like right around around Thanksgiving. So So about uh, three months. Something like that. That's that's about right. But yeah, we are back and we have rebranded our TRN podcast to the TRN Time Machine and uh, essentially whittling it down. We're not doing the, the recurrent events anymore. We're not doing the wrap-up at the end. We're just giving you the good stuff. Just uh, going back in time. My so, favorite part. <laughs> yeah, should be everybody's favorite part. But uh, just a quick thank you to everybody who uh, has kind of checked in over the last uh, couple months and asked about the show. And uh, we're glad to be back in in the time machine to go back in time here. So. What we'll be doing, uh, we're going to ease Mickey back into this since he's been, <laughs> been out for a while and his time is, as they say, money. So it might not be every week that Mickey's here and I might have another passenger, we'll say, in the time machine from time to time. But for now, we've got Mickey here. Glad to have you. I'm going to do my best to be here every week. But if folks remember when I left, and we'll talk about this more in the after hour show, but some family health issues took up my time and it's hard to tell when that will be an issue again. So, but you know, like I've also said in the past, how can they miss you if you never go away? (laughs) And it felt as bad as I hated not being here. It did feel good to be missed. Well, you were man. It gets a little lonely when you're just talking to a microphone by yourself. And, uh, I know some people were, uh, listening to the recurrent event shows that I was doing in the meantime, but, uh, this is kind of our bread and butter. This is what, uh, kicked off the retro network. And this is what we need to be doing here in this time slot. The mothership, if you will. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, uh, I know you don't have the notes in front of you. <laughs> like I said, but, man, uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Do you know what year we're traveling to this week? 1991. Yes. A uh, nice, even 30 years. We are going back in time and we are doing a time capsule. So we're going to hit every little bit of pop culture, uh, uh, the events, and we'll go through television and movies and uh, technology kind of stuff and uh, video games, food. I've done a lot of research poured into 1991. So I'm ready to uh, hit the gas. Are you ready, man? Yep. Let's do it. So here we are in 1991. Where were you and what were you doing around 1991, sir? Um, hmm. 
I was in middle school, which was the first year of middle school in this area. Mm-hmm. You used to go seventh grade was your final year in elementary. And then you had eighth grade in high school. So we got to our seventh grade year in elementary. Oh, we're finally going to high school. <clears throat> nope. We're, <laughs> we're starting <laughs> school and it's in the same school you've been in. Now you're eighth grade. But the good news was we were the top dog class two years in a row that way. Oh yeah. That's uh, that paid off. And I'll say I would have been uh, 13. So I was probably spending a lot of time alone in my room with the door locked with Skinamax <laughs> on late at night. <laughs> Skinamax. <laughs> well, uh, 1991 for me was, would have been the end of my freshman year in high school and the beginning of my sophomore year in the fall living in central Pennsylvania in Clearfield, most of the time with my mom, my parents had, uh, divorced at this time. And, uh, mom lived in this little apartment that was in walking distance of our little mall. I call it little cause it was, I don't know. Not a two-story, you know, when you think of a mall. Yeah. Uh, had Ames on one end and J.C. Penney on the other. And then a bunch of little stores in between, Radio Shack and Fashion Bug had a record store. And I was walking over there all the time and uh, getting into trouble, just <laughs> roaming the mall. Uh, what did you, uh, what were you doing for fun during this time? Uh, I was in my room watching Skin of Max. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, we weren't that special i had to uh look at the scramble channels you know well i had one of those black boxes <laughs> we had got one like in 80 or maybe 90 we'd got one uh-huh. because of so many wrestling pay-per-views my dad didn't want to watch he actually got me one from a bedroom and i said oh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you had the hookup wow yeah. now other than that though um I was probably more into wrestling at the time, but I was into all sports. So I was, yeah, just pretty well sports centric playing uh, basketball in middle school. And yeah, I I don't know. I was still (laughs) living the, you know, at that age, 13, you're kind of straddling the fence between still wanting to be a kid, but not wanting other people to know you're still a kid. Right. Right. So yeah, I did spend a lot of time alone, enjoying the things that other people may not have thought were cool at the time for the age. It was, so, it was when I got to high school that I actually started coming out of that. So had your, uh, brother moved out at this point Were you, you kind of an only kid? No, he was still at home then. Okay. Well, I was an only kid, so, uh, I can kind of relate to what you're saying about, uh, entertaining yourself and sports. I was huge in the sports too. I was playing basketball as well. That was my sport at this point. But I was, like you said, I was still big into MTV and Nickelodeon. I was watching all those shows on Nickelodeon when I was in high school and uh, baseball card collecting. This was like my prime time for collecting baseball cards. You know, unfortunately, weren't many, <laughs> there aren't many valuable in that like kind of early 90s era. You had to go back to like 89 for, you know, Ken Griffey's rookie card. But this would have been my prime era for card trading and stuff too for the next couple years from this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, uh, what kind of time capsule item do you want to put in as kind of a representation of your own life at this point? My eighth grade yearbook. Okay. First year of the middle school. Okay. I'm actually going to put in, I had a 
Nerf basketball hoop in my room that I spent countless hours pretending I was, you know, Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan and doing reverse dunks. And, uh, it, the, the closet, I, <laughs> closet I had, had these doors that were, uh, they kind of folded out and they were not very sturdy. So I was <laughs> wrecking those trying to do like 360 dunks in my room and mom would get on me. What's all that noise back there? You know, <laughs> my mom used to say the same thing. <laughs> Turn off the that Skinamax. <laughs> the yearbook was my the yearbook's actually my second choice. I figure it'd be too hard to explain why there's a sock in the time. <laughs> wow. Okay. So glad we were off to a great start here. All right. Um let's go hey, and yeah. You're the one that asked me to come back. Right? I know, I know. <laughs> this is why uh this is why the people are tuning back in too. Yeah. <laughs> So let's look at 1991 kind of in review as far as uh, events and culture and uh, just some things that popped up were founded and uh, maybe some technology here. Also, I looked up some prices on some stuff at the grocery store and that sort of thing. So uh, this will be fun. But uh, this 1991 was the final year of the Cold War as the uh, USSR was dissolved and we got uh, Boris Yeltsin elected president of Russia. And the Gulf War began and uh, lasted for about five weeks. Speaking of trading cards, you know, they, they uh, commercialized the hell out of that war. I tell you, uh, the Gulf War scared me to death, too, because my mama swore up and down it was the fulfillment of the end time prophecies in the Bible, the war yeah. in the Middle East. And that was nonstop day in and day out, her talking about that. And I'm just watching the news like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Thankfully, did everything, you know, well, on TV. Well, thankfully, it kind of ended when Hulk Hogan beat Sergeant Slaughter at WrestleMania. That pretty much <laughs> ended the desert conflict there. Yeah, that's right. That's when uh, Slaughter had turned, right? Mm-hmm. That's uh, <laughs> that is funny. Uh, yeah, I remember all the you know the news coverage just took away all of our primetime shows and everything. They pushed them all back, and people were upset they couldn't watch their Seinfeld, you know, and things like that. Yeah, beginning in the end of Gulf War in 1991, the first web browser and website to go online was in 1991. It was some uh, European nuclear company called CERN that uh, actually poured money into this uh, one person. I can't remember what his name was to develop uh, the essentially the World Wide Web. So it wasn't Al Gore, as pe- <laughs> people say. But, uh, yeah, first basic website, just a a bunch of hypertext, you know, to go to other pages was in 1991. Uh, anybody from the kind of Midwest or, or Northwest might remember the Halloween blizzard of 1991 in Minnesota and Wisconsin and Iowa. They got one to three feet of snow and heavy ice from Halloween through November the 3rd. Hmm. Uh, I had not heard of this before. I kind of likened it to our blizzard of 93 that hit the whole East coast. You know, yeah. we, we, we think of that, uh, event or snow event as, uh, probably these people do <laughs> on Halloween day. Old time, old time listeners will remember the blizzard of 93 has been the year. My, my sister died in that. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> you get me for that one. Uh, Fashion trends in 1991. How about some uh, crop tops, 
platform shoes, parachute pants, windbreakers, and lots of denim. Frosted denim. Yeah, 1991. Denim never goes out of style. Well, so. true. Frosted denim might, though. You don't wear a lot of frosted stuff, do you? We'll say no. <laughs> we'll say no. I will admit I had a pair of parachute pants. I they did weren't too. like they weren't like the real baggy kind, but I remember them being like reversible and one side was gray and one side was like bright blue. Yeah. Otherwise known as pajama pants. <laughs> True. My brother right. is mm-hmm. as white as white people come. But all of his friends were black and they were all into MC Hammer and stuff, so here's my brother every day wearing you know, parachute pants everywhere he went. <laughs> I was huge into that scene, and we'll get to that in music, but I was not wearing the gear that I was, uh, these artists were, were doing, you know, in the music videos. Yeah, seeing my brother wearing parachute pants and a big, fat, puffy Oakland Raiders pullover, you know, <laughs> windbreaker was uh, incredible. We need a picture of that. I wish one existed. <laughs> All right. What else was happening in 1991? Uh, Dollar Tree was founded and the Warner Brothers Studio Store. You remember those in the mall? We didn't have those in our local mall. Didn't have them in the I've mall. never, I don't think I've ever been in a Warner Brothers store. I've been to a couple. I think they had one maybe in State College, but I remember being to one in Atlanta and I bought a little stuffed uh, coyote. I still have it somewhere. That was like the only uh, the only time I remember really being in a Warner Brothers store. I had to buy something. Oh, this is cool, but you know, it didn't didn't seem to last last about as long as the malls, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the uh, the company Bounty coined the slogan "The Quicker Picker Upper" in 1991. How about that? Mm-hmm. Have you ever uh, done any of the jigsaw puzzles from the Puzz 3D company? Those like 3D puzzles? I have not, but I was always fascinated by them in the 90s. I always wanted to, but I I never did. Yeah, that company was founded in 1991. I had uh, some more late in the 90s and early 2000s when we got married. uh, I still have a bunch, like the Taj Mahal and the Notre Dame Cathedral and all those. The uh, U.S. Capitol building. I was big into those for a while. Actually, at a... uh, thrift store i think last year i found a dale earnhardt car that was puzz 3d it was like an instant buy i was like i gotta have it so yeah i was huge into those puzzles all right how about uh some prices here in 1991 a gallon of milk was 280 i paid 299 now so that's not been a huge increase Mm -mm. dozen eggs were a dollar one uh and i'm not sure where different Parts of the country has got to have different prices, but uh, average gallon of gas was a dollar fourteen. That's pretty nice. First class postage stamp was twenty nine cents. That's about double now. Uh, Americans paid an average of fifteen thousand four seventy three for a new car. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. April first, the U.S. Department of Labor raised the minimum wage to four dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Which is what it still was when I went to work in 94. 425 an hour, man. Wow. All right. And finally here, let's uh, go over some people who were born, people who died in 1991. Ed Sheeran, the uh, the music artist. You won't know who he is. Do you know who Ed Sheeran is? 
I've heard the name. Okay. Uh, Wolfgang Van Halen. You've heard that name before. He was born in 1991. These, these people are turning 30 this year. Mike Trout, the uh, baseball player from the Angels, right? I guess. I think it's the uh, whatever they are, Anaheim Angels of California, whatever they're called. No uh, relation to Mike Salmon, though. <laughs> right, yeah. Who also played for the Angels in the 90s. And also born in 91, Alexa Bliss. I know you know who that is. Oh, I've seen pictures. <laughs> uh, some people we lost in 1991. Michael Landon. That was the year he passed away. I believe he had cancer real young. And uh, even younger than that, Freddie Mercury passed away in 1991. Uh, also, Dr. Seuss and Red Fox. Did you yeah. ever uh, hear about Red Fox, how he passed away? No. No kidding here. They were on set for some show, and he had a heart attack. And people thought he was goofing, you know, because he was always known for having, you know, hmm. I'm, I'm coming, Elizabeth, you know, and faking the heart attack. And they all thought he was was just joking until they realized it was, you know, actually happening and called the uh, ambulance, and he died at the hospital. Uh, Dr. Seuss and Red Fox. Two of history's great wordsmiths dying in the same year. <laughs> All right. So uh, what kind of time capsule item are you putting in to kind of represent the year 1991 here? Oh, God, I have no idea. <laughs> I'll, I'll put in my, uh, my parachute pants. How about that? All right. Let's get on to music. Let's talk about the top five singles, according to Billboard, for 1991. Oh, my God. Gosh, this thing played everywhere. The number one song of 91 was Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. I don't know. Music pretty much died at the end of 1979 anyway. (laughs) That song was on the radio every hour, on the hour. All the girls I remember that played like piano and stuff in school, they were playing that song and... Uh, could not get rid of that thing, man. Number two, color me bad. I want to sex you up. You remember that one? Yeah. You know, music never was, especially in the nineties, never was my forte. I'll let you comment on this stuff. Cause okay. I know I've heard these songs, but I have no connection to any of this stuff. Yeah. That was a pretty big, uh, you know, they were, uh, like an R and B group and that was big at the time. You know, you're coming on the heels of, uh, New Kids on the Block and the, the boy band, start of the boy band era. And they were definitely in there. Number three, CNC Music Factory, Gonna Make You Sweat. That was a huge song. I had the uh, single of that around this time. Of course you did. Of course I did. Uh, number four was Paula Abdul's Rush Rush. And number five was Timmy T's One More Try. I had to look this song up. I didn't recognize the guy or the song apparently it was some big international hit too but i i once i heard it i was like okay so that's that song but who the hell's timmy t you know <laughs> uh top five albums of 91 this is uh based on the most weeks at number one mariah carey's self-titled album her debut was uh the number one album of that year number two vanilla ice to the extreme here we go Number three, Garth Brooks, Rope in the Wind. Number four, Natalie Cole's 
Unforgettable with Love. And number five, Metallica's self-titled, or what we call the Black Album. That was huge. Natalie Cole, is that the Where Have the Cowboys Gone chick? No, 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 no. Natalie Cole is the daughter of Nat King Cole. Unforgettable, the Christmas song. Yeah, okay. You're thinking of Paula Cole. Ah, okay. Um, did the Black Album hit you like it hit me? Yeah, it, yeah, it was big all around me. Anyway, people at school and stuff. Ninety-one was kind of that uh, transition year for me because I was still listening to like MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice and uh, Run DMC, a lot of rap, Beastie Boys. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take a lot of crap for this, but Metallica is so overrated. It you know. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, but when that came along and then, uh, what we're going to get to here with some of the grunge stuff, that's where my music taste kind of shifted like for the rest of the decade. And I was listening to if, uh, eventually listening to more rock than I was my rap. So, uh, events from 91 in music, Michael Jackson signs a contract with Sony for $1 billion. And the music video Black or White premiered. And they instantly want their money back. <laughs> that music video, do you remember that? I remember that being like a, a I remember, video. yeah, I remember it being a huge deal because it, it premiered on like NBC or something after some TV show. I remember watching it. Could be. But the uh, the visual effects is what I remember. You know, the people changing towards the end of the video. They're moving like side to side and, it, you know, <laughs> Wayne and Garth would parody that, but uh, <laughs> that music video see, just uh, that sticks out. Those special effects that they use in there, like wow, they can do that. You know, morphing people around. Uh, September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one, is the so called best day in music history. I'm quoting there because that's when Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Soundgarden released their breakout albums on the same day. Never mind, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, and Bad Motor Finger. Any of those mean anything to you? Oh, I love Nirvana. I absolutely love Nirvana. That was a... I don't even know how to put that album into words. It's a, a culture shift. You know, when you watch documentaries, there's a yeah. documentary about uh, the rise and fall of ECW, the wrestling organization. <clears throat> and in it, Paul Heyman compares his vision for ECW to where Nirvana come on the scene. And he's describing, he's like, you got all these hair bands, this and that. And then all of a sudden, bam, here comes Nirvana and changes everything. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the truth. You know, benefit of hindsight. It, that, that's what happened. Yeah, I definitely agree. I remember, you know, when the music video hit, smells like teen spirit. That's all that could, that MTV could play. You just mm-hmm. couldn't get enough of it. And uh, I did like uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, too, uh, Under the Bridge. I watched that music video a lot. I remember trying to tape with my uh, little <laughs> boombox the song off of, like, MTV, you know. I was so into that song. And uh, that also had, like, uh, Give It Away. What else was on there? Anyway, yeah, that's, you know, that's the start of grunge right there. Uh, other releases for 1991, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, Prince, uh, Diamonds and Pearls, Genesis, We Can't Dance, and Ozzy's No More Tears, all released in 91. 
The Use Your Illusion albums were mega. All right, so what you popping in as a time capsule item? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Not any one of those particular albums or anything? you. No, I mean, I like a lot of this stuff, but none of it really speaks to me to say, oh, gosh, you got to put that somewhere. Yeah. I'll put the uh, I'll put the black album in there, even though they're overrated. Uh, That's that just I my opinion. I, it, but I ain't gonna, okay. Overrated is probably the wrong term. I just you know, eh, they are what they are. They're all right. If they're old, I can listen to them, but I don't go seeking them out. They're just not my cup of tea. Well, I'm a total poser because I didn't listen to any of their stuff really before that album hit. And when I went back to listen to it, and you listen to like one, you know, it's it's just totally. Not what the Black Album is. It's more, more mainstream. Whereas all their other heavy metal stuff was really, I don't know, like progressive, you might say, and different. But they played a lot of it on the radio and on MTV, so I was all about it. Uh, all right, let's go into movies. Our top ten at the box office in 1991: Terminator 2, Judgment Day was number one. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, number two. You can stop me if one of these connects with you. No, we'll get to we'll get through all ten, and then I've got some thoughts. Okay, number three, Beauty and the Beast. Number four, Hook. Number five, Silence of the Lambs, which also swept the Oscars that year in five major categories: actor, actress, director, best picture. And one I'm forgetting. Uh, JFK, number six. The Adams Family, number seven. Number eight was Cape Fear. Number nine, Hot Shots. And number 10 was City Slickers. So I said at the top about having the black box. And it wasn't just your HBO, Cinemax, and all that. You had the pay-per-view channel. Mm-hmm. And in this area where we at, we had Viewer's Choice pay-per-view. So on your random weekdays, like a Tuesday, they would show the same movie on pay-per-view back to back to back to back to back. So these people who are actually buying it, you know, I guess based on their work schedule, could choose to watch JFK at 9 a.m. or at right. 2 p.m. or whatever. It's just like playing all day, right? Yeah. Essentially. So in the summertime, oh my gosh, I've seen these movies, Terminator 2, Robin Hood, Hook, JFK, Adam's Family. Those in particular, I probably, that made up my whole summer of 91, uh-huh. a rainy day, or it got really hot outside. My brother and I would be inside. You just turn on pay-per-view and you're watching JFK for the 14th time this month, you know, <laughs> just wherever it happens to be when you flip right. it over there. Yeah. yeah. And like maybe Tuesday would be JFK all day. And the next day it'd be Terminator two. So we'd spend the whole day each week watching these movies, not just for a week. Like I know Terminator two and JFK were on there for like two months. So I've seen those so many times. I still like them. I just showed my oldest daughter Terminator two last weekend. Yeah. We read it from Amazon prime and she really liked it. Okay. Yeah. It was a real novelty back then because you didn't have that, uh, instant, you know, it's on streaming or whatever. You know, that whole pay-per-view scene was huge and mm-hmm. it was exclusive for those, whatever, two to three months before it eventually came on video cassette, which it actually might've been longer than that. But I think you, you typically had maybe a couple of months of pay-per-view and then it hit like HBO and those, the premium, you know, channels. 
and then it came to like video cassette. So you were ahead of the curve on everybody mm-hmm. watching those movies when you did. Yep. I think the one I've watched the most out of that list was probably City Slickers. <laughs> I don't know why. It just uh I remember having that tape uh not necessarily that year, but later on. Oh, I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Billy Crystal and oh gosh, Daniel, Daniel Stern, Stern and Bruno Kirby. Yeah. Jack Palance. Jack yeah. Some great stuff there. So and hot shots too. I I still can watch hot shots and uh get so many laughs out of that movie. So much fun. So that's your top ten. The top ten rentals, according to Billboard magazine during that time, was uh number one was Ghost, Pretty Woman, Goodfellas, Bird on a Wire, The Flatliners, The Hunt for Red October. Kindergarten Cop, Total Recall, Sleeping with the Enemy, and Another 48 Hours. Those are your top 10 rentals during that era. Some of those were in 1990, I know for sure, because I've been listening to right. Box Office 30. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know Sleeping with the Enemy, they're covering actually here this month. So anyway, other releases in 1991, White Fang. I like that movie. That was uh, Ethan Hawke. And uh, I don't Somehow that one connected with me. I, we had the video cassette on that one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. I remember watching that in the theater. What About Bob, Thelma and Louise, The Rocketeer, Naked Gun 2.5, Boys in the Hood, Bogus Journey, Bill and Ted, of course, Dutch, which we've covered on uh, one of our drive-ins, Necessary Roughness, Suburban Commando. How about that one? <laughs> Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid, Star Trek VI, The Last Boy Scout. I hadn't watched that in forever, man. That's a great movie. And uh, Father of the Bride. Those were all 1991 movies. So uh, I saw uh, Hook, Turtles 2, Ernest Scared Stupid in the theater. That's the only three off this what you've got listed here that I saw in the theater that year. Of course, like I said, we had the black box. We didn't need to go to the theater. I can tell you I watched Dutch, Necessary Roughness, Suburban Commando, Last Boy Scout, Star Trek, Father of the Bride, Boys in the Hood, Family and Louise. I watched all those on the black box. Not necessarily on pay-per-view, but on, you know, when they'd yeah, be on right. HBO or whatever, Showtime. Okay, so what uh, what movie, what VHS tape you want to put in to the time capsule there? Well, I'm not going to put a VHS tape in. I'm going to put in the ticket stub from Hook. Okay. Because my best friend at the time, Jeffrey, and I went. It was like one of the first experiences I can remember. We were dropped off at the mall that morning and picked up that evening <laughs> to run free and do whatever that nice. day. And I remember we went and ate lunch and then the rest of our legs from running around, we went and watched Hook. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pop in uh, a VHS copy of City Slickers since I've seen that one the most. All right, let's go on to video games. Got a few here to tell you about from 1991. One of the big ones from 1991, released to arcades first, of course, was Street Fighter II. And I know you were huge on uh, the Super Nintendo release on that one. I'm not sure if that was later that year or perhaps the next year. My brother got it for Christmas 91. So, so yes, it was out end. for Super Nintendo. Okay. Also, Sonic the Hedgehog was released in 1991 and uh, later on coupled with the Sega Genesis system, 
as you bought that. But uh, yeah, I was uh, huge into Sonic the Hedgehog. I'd go over to my friend Jim's house. He had that, and he only had a few games. He had the, uh, whatever it was, Bulls versus Lakers, probably, uh, basketball game. We'd play seasons of that, stay up all night, and then we'd switch over to Sonic and try to beat that. Uh, also, in 1991, your Super Nintendo was released in mm-hmm. August that year. And then uh, December of 91 is when we got Tecmo Super Bowl which was the first game with both real teams and players. Huh. So that was uh, that was huge for me, Tecmo Super Bowl. And then the top rentals, the NES rentals of 1991, according to uh, Blockbuster, was Monopoly, <laughs> Battletoads, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, Super Mario 3, and Bart vs. the Space Mutants. Those are your top five rentals from 91. What are you uh, putting in as your time capsule item, or did you have anything to comment on any of those? I just put the whole Super Nintendo in. I thought you might. I'm going to put in uh, Sonic, just because I'm the Genesis guy. <laughs> Why not? Okay, on to food now. 1991. I had not read this before. And I knew at some point, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken had changed their name to KFC. It was in 1991. And uh, according to Snopes, the article I found, the Commonwealth of Kentucky took the unusual step of trademarking their name. Henceforth, anyone using the word Kentucky for business reasons would have to obtain a permission and then pay licensing fees. So Kentucky Fried Chicken refused as a matter of principle, to pay royalties on the name they had been using for four decades. So after a year of fruitless negotiations with the, the Kentucky state government, they just threw in the towel and changed their name to KFC. Hmm. So That sounds like a almost a targeted ploy by the state to get money <laughs> from KFC. No kidding, man. Somebody was either smart about it or you know, was a former disgruntled employee or something. <laughs> I'm going to get these guys. Yeah, I had never heard the whole story behind them changing to KFC, but uh, there you have it. It happened in 1991. In 1991, we also got Kenny Rogers Roasters and Joe's Crab Shack. We uh, used to frequent Joe's Crab Shack when we lived in Atlanta. Pretty good place. I don't know if I've ever eaten at a Kenny Rogers Roasters. I've not eaten it either. I don't remember them having them up north, or if they did, it was sparse, you know. 1991 McDonald's gave us the McLean burger. You remember the urban legends? Maybe Tiny can chime in on this because I, I think uh, he worked there about that time. But, uh, maybe a little later. Anyway, that they had some kind of seaweed extract in the burgers. Replaced the the fat with uh, seaweed extract of some kind. Oh, really? Just yeah. to kind of make it hold like, together. Without uh, that. Oh, I see. I see. I got you. Yeah, I know, remember that was just like the first big push to make fast food healthy, it seemed like, you know. Yeah, McDonald's. <laughs> healthy. Uh, Stay 19... in your lane, Ronald. <laughs> when did those uh, those uh, McDonald's trading cards come out with the race cars, you know? Yeah, stay in your lane there. Uh, 1991, we got uh, Wrigley's Excel Gum. 
We also got fruit by the foot and fruit gushers. I ate some fruit gushers in my day. I still eat some fruit gushers. I haven't got them in years now, but I don't know. They were kind of weird with the whatever goop in the middle. I don't know if it was supposed to be juice or something. I can't remember what they said in the commercials, but it was a little weird. But And fruit by the foot, too, you know. Everything was like by the foot. You had that the the uh, what was the what's the gum you can get? Open it up and roll you out a little slice and chop it off and bubble tape. Bubble tape, yeah. Whoever sliced it off though, you just crammed the whole damn thing in your mouth. <laughs> well, I sliced it off and then you just stick it back in your pocket. You're ready to go, you know. So fruit by the foot, fruit gushers, sun chips made their debut in '91. I love me some sun chips now. Brisk iced tea. You remember the commercials? That stuff is horrible. Brother, <laughs> I grew up in the South, okay? We had real sweet tea. We had sun tea. You had tea brewed in the coffee pot. You had tea brewed on the stove. You had real Southern sweet tea. So mm-hmm. sweet, you'd get instant cavities when you drink it. <laughs> this brisk crap, no. <laughs> I was huge into it because when you ask for iced tea up north, it's not sweet. Oh, and I know. Have, I've been. I've know. been there. You, yeah. So well, more reason the south is better right. than the north. So you know, brisk tea was right up my alley, especially the half and half. I like the half iced tea, half lemonade. But the commercials is what I remember the most. You had like Rocky. They were claymation too. You remember them? No, I don't. Oh, that's brisk, baby. They he'd be, you know, he's backed into the corner. He's <laughs> down. He, he drinks the iced tea and gets up and you know knocks the guy out. Well, imagine what he could do if he had real iced tea. <laughs> A little more energy with the amount of sugar in there. But yeah, I, the uh, brisk iced tea commercials is what um uh, I remember most. Uh, in nineteen ninety one. The Lewis Rich Company introduced turkey bacon nationwide. How about that? One of the great crimes against humanity. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, I can't stand this stuff. Oh, oh easy now, easy now. TRN's all inclusive. We don't want to hurt people <laughs> like Eric's feelings. <laughs> well, I he can eat all the turkey bacon he wants. Uh, no, I, I guess it, in in the grand scheme of things, there was there are a lot of folks that, due to their religions and beliefs, don't eat pork products. Right. And this was a chance for them to have bacon. So, quote all, unquote bacon. Well, you know, it's shaped like bacon. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't cook like it, and it dang sure doesn't taste like it to me. Anyway, all right, uh, a couple more things here in food. We got peanut butter M&M's for the first time in 1991. They were trying to uh, get in on that Reese's Pieces action there. I still prefer Reese's Pieces, but, you know, peanut butter M&M's are pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. And finally, I thought this was interesting. Salsa sales surpassed ketchup sales for the first time in 1991. Not in my area. It took a few more years for the whole uh, Hispanic food trends to catch on as a as a real thing here. We didn't get Taco Bell until like 88, 89 around here. So Gosh, it was even later <laughs> where I lived, uh, probably within the last, I don't know, 15 years or so we got a Taco Bell. So yeah, 
All right. Well, uh, what you tossing in for a uh, a food item? A greasy bucket that says Kentucky Fried Chicken on the side of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a. I don't know. I'm gonna throw in a uh, a brisk iced tea. Why not? Hmm. That's just me. All right. Let's go on to sports now. We're recapping uh, what happened the champions and events in sports in 1991. Super Bowl 25. Giants defeat the Bills 20 to 19. Otis Anderson, the MVP. Of course, that was the game with the uh, missed field goal at the end. The poor Buffalo Bills. Uh, also, that was the same Super Bowl that Whitney Houston sang the national anthem in Tampa. Very memorable. Most people put that as their number one national anthem performance. Mm-hmm. I've got it at number two, right behind Marvin Gaye at the 1984 All-Star Game. I thought you were going to say like Roseanne Barr or something. No, huh? I'm being serious. <laughs> okay. Number three would be Willie Nelson at WrestleMania 7. Oh, my gosh. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I need to, uh, I need to start watching some WrestleManias again because I missed that one. Also, 1991, Colorado defeated Notre Dame 10-9 for the college football title. World Series went to the Twins, defeating the Braves 4-3. Yes. I was a Twins fan MVP. back in the day. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. One for, that was the first, maybe only, really, for uh, the Twins around that time, right? Uh, 80, 87. 87, yeah. they won again? Okay, or they had one. Mm-hmm. All right. In the NBA, the Bulls defeat my Lakers four games to one. Uh, but the big news was uh, Magic's announcement that he had uh, HIV in November of 91. Uh, Duke beat Kansas for the uh, its first NCAA men's basketball title. Tiger Woods at age 15 wins the U.S. Junior Amateur. The Pittsburgh Penguins defeat the Minnesota North Stars 4-2 to two for their first Stanley Cup. And our favorite race car driver, Mick, Dale Earnhardt, won his fifth NASCAR points title that year. Put your hand over your heart when you talk about Dale Earnhardt. Mm-hmm. Ernie Irvin won the Daytona 500 that year. The AP male... Right, whoa, 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 whoa. Go ahead. Uh, people who don't know their geography, Ernie Irvin drove for... Morgan McClure, the Kodak number four car. Morgan McClure is local here. Oh, uh, cool. Their race shop, at that time, their race shop was 10 miles from my house. Yeah. It eventually got closer when they built a new one. It was only two miles from my house. But uh, Ernie Irvin used to drive for, I can't remember the team name out in California, but at Bristol that year in 1990, he finished like second or third and kind of got on the local radar and Kodak or Morgan McClure decided to make a change. Uh, so there was a restaurant in Abingdon where the race shop was called uh, PJ Browns. And that used to be where they'd have their victory party when they'd fly in on Sunday night or Monday night. Like everybody in the area would try to get into PJ <laughs> Browns to be with the race team and eat. So Ernie Irvin was a local hero around here. Still is still revered in this area for the attention he brought to the area. Oh, cool. Glad you stopped me there. All right. And then uh, finally, the AP male athlete of the year was Michael Jordan. And the woman athlete of the year was tennis player, Monica Sellis. So uh, I didn't write uh, anything about WrestleMania. I should have concluded WrestleMania that year. Well, I see. I can run it down right quick. Uh, 
it was originally scheduled to be at the LA Coliseum, but they cited security concerns due to the Gulf War. They moved it to the LA Sports Arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, the naysayers would say that it was because of uh, poor ticket sales leading up to the event at the Big Coliseum. But Hulk Hogan, I mean, really, that's the story that, you know, tickets just weren't moving, so they moved it to a smaller venue. But Hulk Hogan beat Sergeant Slaughter to retain the WWF or win the WWF championship. The great match, Ultimate Warrior defeated Macho King Randy Savage in the retirement match. And uh, what else was big on that show? Oh, uh, Jake Roberts beat the model Rick Martel in the blindfold match. So hmm. it'll be the highlights from WrestleMania that year. Okay. So what are you uh, throwing in there for a time capsule item? An autographed picture of Dale Earnhardt provided to me by Jason <laughs> as a Christmas present since I wasn't on the show to thank him at the time. Yeah. That was a little bit before uh, this era, mm-hmm. that bright yellow and blue, but. Uh, we'll, we'll accept it anyway. I'm going to put in uh, my Magic Johnson jersey for that year. All right. On to TV, and then we are done, man. We're going to head back to the present time here. We had uh, the top 10 in the Nielsen ratings from the fall of 91 and through 1992 is what we'll use. 60 minutes at number one, followed by Roseanne, Murphy Brown, Cheers, Hope Improvement, Designing Women, Full House, Murder, She Wrote, Major Dad, and Coach. Now, I liked Coach. I'm kind of surprised it made the top ten, though. I thought it was kind of like a minor show. I'm glad to know that I wasn't the only one who enjoyed Coach. That was, was that ABC? It was. Yeah. So you had, what, Roseanne and probably, well, it might have been back-to-back with Major Dad, because that was a pretty big show. But I think I don't think Major Dad was on ABC. Okay. Seems like that was a CBS offering. Could have been. I Home watched Improvement two, was ABC, though. That's you know, right. I think uh, Home Improvement and Coach were both on Wednesday nights. I think Coach was in the 930 slot, but I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I don't really, as far as those shows go, probably the one I connect most with is Cheers, just because I've gone back to watch several seasons of that over the last like 10 years, but, uh, I haven't, I never really connected with Roseanne. And of course the, uh, the snooze fest that was 60 minutes and murder. She wrote on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. Never, never connected. Uh, 1991 was the debut of court TV, which now is true TV. Ric Flair debuted with the WWF wearing the big gold belt in 91. Mm-hmm. Uh, TBS bought Hanna-Barbera's library for $320 million in 1991. Several years on down the road. Well, see, they first used it to launch the Cartoon Network, and then they expanded all these other shows. Right. So then they launched Boomerang with the original Cartoon Network <laughs> <laughs> right. category there. Now, this was interesting. I had not, uh, had not heard this before, but E.T., in 1991, the extraterrestrial made its broadcast premiere on CBS in the Sears Family Theater on Thanksgiving Day. Then on that Friday, Black Friday, you could pack up your kids, head to a Sears store nationwide and receive a free E.T. poster and have the kids photo taken in front of a panoramic sky with a replica of E.T. 
And as long as you were there, you could pick up the perfect holiday gift, which was E.T. on video cassette, which was only available at Sears. This whole like E.T. mania was the result of a reported $40 million gamble that Sears made with uh, MCA Universal in September. The deal gave Sears like the exclusive television and video rights. And, you know, it was uh, it was crazy that, you know, E.T. was 80. I want to say 82 or 83. Yeah. So this is all like eight years later. They're banking on well, and it was the highest-grossing movie I think of all time at that point. So uh, they banked on uh, <laughs> ET their Sears, and you know I don't know how it paid off for them, but you know most of them well, are closed now, know. if not yeah. all. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, some TV debuts this year. Clarissa explains it all. Salute your shorts. The Adventures of Pete and Pete. All on uh, Nickelodeon. Shop till you drop the game show on Lifetime. And then uh, the big three here, Jerry Springer, Montel Williams, and Maury Povich. All debuted in 1991. <laughs> also, uh, Erie, Indiana. The Commish. Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego on public TV? I watched the hell out of that. Uh, Silk Stockings and Dinosaurs. All debuted in 91. I tried to like silk stockings. It used to come on after Monday night raw in 93. Anyway, great theme right song. after prime time. Yeah. I just, yeah, I couldn't get into it. I Mike, tried a Mike post, uh, theme song. Yeah. I, I remember watching a couple episodes, but never got into the show. Loved, uh, loved Erie, Indiana though. Yeah. Great. I don't remember much about that one. That was just kind of a, was it just, straight sci-fi or kind of a uh, mystery type stuff in there too, or something. Yes. And yes is the two young brothers moved to the town area, Indiana. And they're just everywhere. They look each episode. There's just something wasn't right about the town. What like, I think is the first episode, the two twin boys whose mother sold Tupperware, but her husband had created this Tupperware that would keep food fresh forever. And so <laughs> she had made a huge one and kept her sons in it. And they were actually like 50 years old, but they were still like seven-year-old bodies. Oh, weird. Oh, weird. Yeah. So oh, it's, it's like it amazing stories. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it is. But for, you know, slightly younger generation. I remember it debuted. It was on NBC on Sunday nights. Uh, it's really good. You can find it sometimes on YouTube until it gets taken down. It's been streaming a lot lately. It was on Amazon Prime recently. It only lasted one season. There's only like 13 episodes. It's an say, easy, yeah. breezy half hour you can watch the entire series in you know six hours so it's worth watching and finally some cartoon debuts in 1991 we had all the nicktoons debut like ren and stimpy the rugrats doug that was all 91 how about uh liquid television more specifically aeon flux lived for liquid tv i did too i did too that was my stay up late program definitely who did i see somebody oh it's uh cbs all access soon to be paramount plus they have all those original eon flux on there now nice okay uh dark wing duck pirates of dark water and the back to the future animated series all debuted in 91 dark wing duck they made a big deal out of its first episode actually premiered on the friday night 
before the sat the first Saturday of fall cartoons. It was wow. It premiered on Friday night. I remember like you had uh that was still at the tail end of the days when you would have the cartoon preview show the night before the Saturday. Mm-hmm. They showed it and then Darkwing Ducks premiere was immediately after. Was that yeah. a Disney Channel show? No, it started out I won't say it was on ABC. Was it? Okay. Or maybe it could have been NBC, but I remember tuning in. I was a fan. Uh, I was a fan of the idea. First episode, you know, eh, it just become a take it or leave it show. But I was excited about the concept before it hit. I can't tell you why. They must have been doing a lot of good advertising for it leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Pirates of Dark Water was an excellent cartoon. Yeah, that's one that they never resolved, right? They were going after several items or something, and it was only like one season. And I seem to remember that just the story was never resolved when they took it off the air. Now that's possible. I'm, my my memory is fuzzy on how that ended at the moment. Uh, the one that was big for me and one that I'll put in as a time capsule item was Ren and Stimpy. I could not get enough of Ren and Stimpy. I'm going to put uh, a comic book, a Ren and Stimpy comic book in as my time capsule item because I've gone back and uh, tried to collect most of those. I've actually got most of that run from that era. So, yeah, Ren and Stimpy was huge, man. Well, I they actually had some liquid television trading cards. I'll put a pack of those oh, in. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right, man. Well, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for our time capsule. That was a pretty good journey. What do you think? Um, yeah, yep, it was. <laughs> you had to think about it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, well, uh, go ahead. Well, here, I'm reading. Uh, I'm not sure if they actually finished Pirates of Dark Water or not. It was canceled after 13 episodes, but there were eight additional episodes when the series moved to the fantastic world of Hanna-Barbera in 1992. Okay. So they may have finished it there. It may be why my memory is a little weird on it. Okay. Yeah, I remember a couple episodes, but never. I don't think I've ever watched the entire series. It might be on YouTube, uh, come to think of it. But Okay. Well, that's going to wrap up our time capsule for 1991. It is time, sadly, to hop back in the time machine, Mick, and, and head back to the present time. If we don't go back to the present, we can't do after hours, though. So but true, true. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hop back in and get back to the present. All right. Here we are back in the present time. We uh, invite you to leave your comments uh, or even suggestions for future topics if you want to uh, for us to do on the tier and time machine, but. Uh, tell us uh, something maybe you connected with in the uh, 1991 time capsule, or if you've got items of your own you want to toss in there, maybe a story behind it. Tell us over there on uh, at TRN Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also find uh, me and Mick over there on our personal accounts, at RD80s, at YesterdayVille. And uh, we are doing an after-hours show for our VIPs over on Patreon. What are we doing, Mick? Whoop, whoop. Uh, we're going to do some catching up. I've been gone for a few months, uh, and, uh, we'll continue the 1991 talk with, uh, back in the day, Marvel comics used to have this coolometer or coolometer, however you want to pronounce it with what was cool and what was not for 1991. So we're going to check that out. Sounds great. 
All right. Well, uh, if you want to listen to that show, make sure you head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash the retro network. Sign up two bucks, get you in, get you uh, uh, listening to our after hour shows and over on our VIP lounge on Slack. You can uh, connect with us over there. We got a fun little retro community that's uh, I think almost up to 30 people now. So uh, not everybody is always active, but it is fun over there. Uh, if you will join us thanks to uh, your donation over there on Patreon so for Mickey this is Jason we're going to sign off for now and we'll see you next week for another time machine this has been a presentation of the Retro Network